Exploring the Prophetic is a conversation-based podcast that we want to invite you on this journey into people's lives in every sphere of society where they're sharing how they've heard God and what's happened as a result. I want to encourage you to come join the conversation. And this season, season three, we're specifically focusing on how when God speaks, there's breakthrough actions that happen that would have never happened if it wasn't for hearing from God in the first place. Before and after moments, what would take 20 years is happening in a second because beautiful believers are obeying the voice of God. Come join the conversation. Come join the narrative. God is speaking to you today. Some of our live interviews are some of my favorite interviews, and today you're going to hear how God is moving in the creative and entertainment arts. As a matter of fact, we have a panel of people at a live event, Modern Prophetic Symposium in Dallas, Texas, and we had David and Nicole Binion, Candace Payne, and Cami Brickell. Now, David and Nicole Binion, they are amazing worship leaders who have planted a church in Dallas area. They bring gospel to music like no one else. I absolutely love their voices and their hearts as well as their family, uh, ethics and standards and values. They are leaders in their own right, mothers and fathers in the worship movement. You're going to so enjoy them. And they're going to be on TBN soon too for a Christmas special with one of our favorites, Stephanie Gresinger. I'm going to encourage you to watch that as well. On top of that, we have Candace Payne. If you've never seen Chewbacca Mom, the most viewed Facebook video ever in viral history on Facebook. And she has a Facebook watch show as well as her own podcast. Candace is a comedian, but she's also an inspirer, teacher, preacher. And then we have Cammie Brickell, who's hosting this panel. I'm actually not the host of today's show. Cammie Brickell, who's a comedian from the Groundlings Theater. She's uh, featured in many TV shows and movies, and she's also doing clean comedy nights at different churches and locations. And so Cammie Brickell, you can follow any of these guys on Instagram. Cammie is going to be leading this creative panel. I'm so excited about it, and we're going to get to it right after this message. I'm so excited to introduce you, my podcast family, to my new show on YouTube. It's called Your Prophetic Journey with Sean Bowles, and it's all about you. That's why we call it Your Prophetic Journey, because we have learned that as you hear other people's prophetic stories, it creates a prototype faith for you, especially through this show, this podcast that we've been having. And we wanted to do some video versions where I can tell some of my stories, not just hear other people's stories with you and narrate their stories, but actually talk to some friends, but also share the process behind prophetic words, journey stories. We have things about nightmares and what to do with witchcraft and what to do with themes that people don't always talk about in the mainstream. And I want to talk about those things for real for you and how to apply your Christian faith to have great breakthrough in these areas. I promise you this is going to be such a fun show. We're going to have such a good time together. You can watch the first episode now. Go to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe and get notifications to our YouTube channel at Bulls Ministries on YouTube. Thanks so much. Um, so this is our arts and entertainment panel. Woo! We have David and Nicole Binion and Candace Payne. Hey! I feel so far away. So far. We're such a tight group. I know, right? I know. Y'all, this is going to get crazy. I don't even know what's going to happen. I'm ready. Um, well, God is moving so much in arts and entertainment, and um, I live in L.A., and God sent my husband and I out there about 12 years ago. And um, my husband and I have just prayed for years for the nation of the entertainment industry and that God would just infiltrate in there because we all know that as we change media and we change entertainment, um, we, we literally change the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's really been amazing to see the Lord 
plant so many people um, in the industry all over the U.S., not just Los Angeles, but everywhere, um, to do his work and to teach people um, and to show people about his love. So it's really been tremendous. People are like, how do you like living in L.A.? You know, um, but it's, it's home and the words that, that God has given us about, you know, ministering to the top people of the industry and infiltrating us in there, like all of those things are happening. Um, not just with my husband and I, but with so many people we know that he's planting in there. Um, so it's really, really tremendous. And, um, I had a dream when I, uh, first came out to Los Angeles, it was like the second week I was here. And the dream was that, um, all of LA was on fire and, um, the whole city was actually an amusement park. So it was like these huge rides and a roller coaster and all these people in the city were being taken for a ride. And there was this private jet that was in the air and there were seven people on the jet. And God was sending people in with these um, white backpacks on to come into the city and bring the rain. And everyone on that plane was like a stealth, you know, private investigator, James Bond, you know, like not James Bond, but you know, like that type of person that God was going to sneak in there and then bring his healing and bring whatever was needed to bring the rain. Um, and so that's what I feel like he's doing. That's what I've seen him do. And even with you guys here, like that's what I see God doing. And it just feels so tremendous to be on the stage with you guys. And I just want to worship with them. They're so amazing. So um, I want you guys to introduce yourselves and tell us your name, where you're from, and what you're up to right now. And then we'll go into a few other, few other things. Okay. Yeah. Well, my name is Candace Payne. Um, hey! Hey! I also may have you know me as a moniker that I have called Chewbacca Mom. Um, and if you don't know that, it shows me your social media engagement, clearly. <laughs> Uh, I, right now I have kind of just picked up from being a stay at home mom to a stay at home working mom that travels and now speaks and writes. Um, that platform was kind of just handed to me through a viral video that I posted about three years ago. And from that moment, honestly, it's, there's a lot of God things in that moment in and of itself that just are ridiculous. Um, the video was posted on Peter Mayhew's birthday, the actor that plays Chewbacca. Wow. Um, wow. And I had no clue it was his that birthday. Crazy. Right? Yeah, Isn't so that excited. insane? Yeah. And um, it went not only viral, but mega viral overnight. Uh, by the time I went to bed, it was 1 million views on the video. And when I woke up, it was 24 million views. <laughs> and before the weekend was over, it landed itself in the Guinness um, world records for the highest viral video view count within 48 hours, and it still is by a non-corporation, but an individual. And um, there's been about 300 million views on that video That's to amazing. date. So, okay, real quick. Yeah. How were you feeling when you were going to bed that night? It was like one million views. Well, first of all, I googled what makes a video viral because I didn't want to be the idiot saying I'm going viral when I wasn't right. Right. Um, <laughs> So Google's told me that a video is viral if it has 1 million views within 24 hours. Okay. And I thought, well, I'm nearing that. So I jokingly posted something on Instagram. I was like, I'm going to go viral, you know? Um, 
And I thought this could be either the best thing or the worst thing. But when I woke up to no less than like 20 voicemails from BBC, NPR, Good Morning America, Disney themselves, um, Facebook headquarters, uh, I, I literally had the thought, why could I not be Jason Bourne right now and have a briefcase with passports and monies and very denom various denominations, right? I'm out of here. I wanted to hide so bad. <laughs> I've since discovered what privacy settings are on Facebook. Right. Just They're inside. real. They're real. Um, but from that moment, really what had happened, and here's the synergy of this moment. I'm not going to take up all the time, I promise. No, you're fine. Um, in 2015, the year before that video, I was watching a Bethel sermon with Chris Valentin. Um, and he had said, I'm releasing a prophetic word that this year is some of y'all are going to have an Esther year. And um, I may get a little emotional and cry because I felt like it was coming through my screen and talking directly to me. Wow. And I felt like in 2015, God's going to remove my idols. He's going to literally spend the first half of the year tearing down addictions. Wow. And then the second half of the year, he's going to make me beautiful to the world. And the, the year ended for me, that Esther year on May 13th, my birthday. And I posted the video on May 19th. And I was... Everybody that's Christian started inboxing me. You were made for such a time as this. <laughs> and I was like, God spoke a prophetic word that I would walk through an Esther year only to be revealed at tables amongst kings in places where I never thought I'd be invited and wow. um, given a platform and a stage I never thought that I would ever own. Wow. And so the past, <laughs> we're going to take a selfie. <laughs> I love you. So um, this moment even sitting here wow. is surreal because wow. to be on the same picture um, of an invite to come to this symposium with my picture next to the one that had given a prophetic word that catapulted this moment uh. is um, unreal. It's unreal. That's wow. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. And what about you guys? Whatever you got on your I heart. I got nothing. I got nothing after that. that was, <laughs> uh, my name is David Binion. This is my wife, Nicole Binion. Woo! Woo! We live in McKinney, Texas. Okay. About 40 miles from here. And uh, we've been married 25 years. Uh, been uh, walking in levels of worship our entire married life had encounters in the presence of the Lord that just changed us and wrecked us. And, uh, and we were under the radar for a long time. And uh, uh, so, but then the Lord just began to, to bring favor and uh, just, just the smile of heaven came on our life. But uh, eight months ago, eight and a half months ago, uh, after being worship pastors at different places, Two years ago, we left where we had the security, a really good job as a worship pastor at a church, Covenant Church in yeah. Dallas. And uh, the Lord uh, thrust us into this faith walk again. And then two years after uh, leaving Covenant, the Lord tricked us into pastoring a church. So eight months ago, we launched, we planted Dwell Church, and it's over in Allen, Texas. We wow. have about... 230, 40 people <laughs> attending right now. We had 300. Well, 
for Easter, we had 299. <laughs> Let me be honest. Yes. Let me not stretch that. Only 299. Wait, Jesus was there. It was Jesus 300. Was Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So we had 301. 300, yes, there 301. We hey, hey. <laughs> yes. And we write and record music. We released an album last year uh, called Dwell. And, um, and so we're actually writing, uh, gearing up for a couple new projects later this year, um, a Christmas album and another live worship album. So a lot of things going and we on. Host, we host once a month a worship show on the TBN for the regular yes. flagship, flagship praise program. Yeah. So uh, we do that once a month. And we just, for the whole hour, we just get to worship. That's amazing. Yeah. So um, I have a question for you guys. So when you guys were little kids, what... Where did you feel like, there's a baby. A baby. <laughs> okay, that was on cue. That was like know, a sound effect. You were little kid. Okay, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, I got carried <laughs> away. Um, Candace, whenever you were little, oh. what did you, um, what were the things that you dreamed about? And is, and is any of that now currently happening in your life? Or did your life just go, do, 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 and then totally different direction? Um, it's really, it, it, you know, God is the author and perfecter of our faith. And I always like to say that his favorite writing tool is irony. And um, <laughs> I heard somebody wail. <laughs> that made me happy. <laughs> My heart just leapt. Um, I know that when I was experiencing this viral video, I found myself on top of Facebook headquarters, looking out on their playground roof. Literally, it's a park on top of their roof. Wow. And... I needed 10 minutes of solitude to talk with God because I hadn't talked to him all weekend. Wow. Um, and I just said, can we keep everybody that's a millennial at bay with an iPad for a couple seconds so I can have a moment with Jesus? Give them all screens. And Because um, I've never had that many t people type <laughs> when I'm talking. I'm like, what are you capturing? What am I saying that's so brilliant right now? I laughed in a four-minute video for three and a half minutes. Pretty sure highbrow comedy is not going to come out of this. Anyways, um, I found myself with 10 minutes of just solitude sitting out, looking out, and I felt the Holy Spirit ask me, hey, um, what would you do if you had this handed to you at the age of 20? And I was like, well, it'd be in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. And then I felt like the Holy Spirit just said, I want to give you a memory of when you were four and I want you to be ready right now. And I was like, let's do it. And I just had this sweet memory of being a four-year-old kid that would sit and draw pictures while the, the family TV was on. And during the commercials, I would go over to, you know, the console TVs. We didn't even have remotes, right? Um, and I would go turn down the volume during commercials, and whatever was on my paper, I'd entertain my family. And I would either be a story or a song, or it would be something to make them laugh. And I felt like God said, I've put in you from the, the, the lowest age that I could give you a memory, the actual anointing of joy to carry. Come on. So that you would break through whatever is depression, anxiety, fear, worry yep. with laughter. It's the weapon. And it, it is not just laughing that you carry, but you carry a formidable weapon that you can impart to my people because the thing is, is we don't know how to wield it. Yes. Yeah. And I need somebody that knows what defiant joy is. Yes. Yeah. And so I've let you live the life that you've lived so that you would be in this moment to break through the atmosphere with laughter that has nothing spiritually sound to it, by the way, to the rest of the world. 
But the scripture reminds me over and over again that he uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Yeah. And so, I'm not going to preach. I'm going to. Yes, I'll, you are. But um, <laughs> too late. <you> too late. <laughs> Y'all got punked. Um, <laughs> but I, I found myself really looking back at the core of who I was as a child. Yeah. I've always had a breaker anointing to break through with joy. Yes. And we think breakers are jerks. We think that they're people that like to come and go, this stinks. And take this out of the altar of the house. You know, I mean, like they talk like somebody from Mortal Kombat. But <laughs> get over here. <laughs> um, but I found myself being the anomaly of what God was wanting to do to break things that are really hindering the church from experiencing the freedom of God. And it all has to do with the joy of the Lord, not only is a weapon, it is our strength. It's what we carry with strong arms into battle. Yes. Come on. Okay, so so that's all. all. I love what you're saying (laughs) because laughter is an expression of faith. Yeah. Sometimes. I love (laughs) it. Sometimes it's not. But you know, it's like... <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard some jeers. And jeers are not an expression of faith. Jeers are an expression of fear and awkward uncomfortability for what they cannot handle and hold. Yeah. And when you actually hear laughter that comes from an authentic moment, from somebody that's been saturated and soaked in the presence of God, what it ends up doing is it breaks the atmosphere to be able to say, I can now hold and carry whatever you're overflowing. Because like when you step in a kitchen and the dogs have accidentally got the water on the floor and your foot gets soaked in a sock, which is the worst feeling, (laughs) you know what it feels like to step into something that's overflowed. And laughter allows the wet sock of the Holy Spirit to just be on everybody. Amen. so good um <laughs> that was holy that was awesome that was so did you just make that up right then right then that was good <laughs> prophetic <laughs> and so david and nicole what about you guys when you were both you know yeah. growing up and is this or is this something holy spirit was like and now you're doing this yeah i think it's you know david and i kind of have similar stories in that way that we both from a very young age were you know musical and and singing and he was you know playing the piano and in writing songs at a, as a teenager, but, you know, I remember being, you know, five, six years old, you know, my, my mom sang and we were in the church and, you know, just grew up singing in the church, you know, from at the age of five and all the way up. And thank God for churches that, you know, that back in the day, right. When we gave young people platforms and I, that's where Dave and I are so passionate about raising up this generation. Um, but, um, but yeah, from a very young age, I remember, at about 11 years old, I, I, I was taking piano lessons, and I remember practicing. I was home alone, and I remember practicing. I would, you know, try to put in that hour a day practicing, and I remember I just had this, like, brief vision, and I just saw myself. Of course, I, you know, all I ever wanted to do was sing, yeah. and I had this picture in my mind of, you know, standing on a stage much like this and just singing to, uh, you know, tons, you know, to people, and um, I, I, I knew then, like, 
you know, I don't know. I, that, was, that was just this vision that the Lord gave me. But that's all I ever wanted to do. There was no plan B. And I was incredibly shy. Didn't, I still don't really love being in front of people. But I was so passionate about it as a kid that, you know, with knocking knees, right, I'd just get up and sing because I loved it so much. It was just, I felt um, truly uh, the most like myself, just right. the purest expression of myself um, to be able to sing. Yeah. Love that. Can, can I ask, what, what was your first church solo? It's my desire to live for Jesus. It's my desire to live for him. At times I failed him and brought him much shame. I don't know if that's true at five years old, but <laughs> it's my desire to live for him. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Man, that's much better than mine. Mine was, I am a promise. Yes. I am a possibility. Because my parents were praying that over me, right? Yeah. They were like, just sing it, baby. It might happen. I think mine was, would you be free from your burden of hey. sin? There's power in the blood, power in hey. the blood. So you wouldn't have those kind of songs. We didn't have those kind of songs yet. It was always hymns. It was always power in the blood or it was when we all get to heaven. Oh, Most yeah, of the songs baby. were about going to heaven. Yes. And then we'd have runners. Do you have runners? Not in my upbringing. I'm oh, just going to be honest. we had runners and hairpins. You had to dodge the hairpins. Ultra Pentecostal. What did you just say? You don't know what hairpins are? Like, I thought the flags were interesting last night. I'm just saying. Oh, no. Y'all haven't seen anything until you've seen a hairdo come down. I'm kind of so hoping David, for that experience right since now. Since we're on the topic of hairstyles. Um, just kidding. <laughs> So, okay, what about you? As a young child, did you feel like this is okay, so what's your, your I thing? always, I don't have a memory of my life that I didn't have an awareness of the presence of God. Wow. But it wasn't like attached to worship like we know worship today because it was, mm-hmm. everything we did was hymns and it was celebrating about when we get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, but, but it was like my mom and dad could shake the house in prayer. And so I grew up seeing miracles. Miracles were like breathing air. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, wow. j- just the most, when I was 13, uh, my whole family, I have four older brothers and one younger sister, and my dad sold his furniture store in McKinney and bought a Greyhound bus, and we went into full-time ministry, and I was 13, and the first meeting we went to, I saw the dead raised. So, wow. So... I mean, just like go to a revival and someone comes up with a big cancerous growth on the side of the neck and before the revival's over, it shrunk and it was just gone. Miracles after miracle after miracle. But it wasn't until I was 15 years old uh, and, and uh, we'd been at this camp meeting in Kentucky singing our songs about going to heaven. And this one guy, and this yes. is the first time in my life I remember hearing this song done as a worship song uh, outside of the month of December. And this guy starts singing, Oh, come let us adore him in July. Hmm. Oh, come let us. And I was like, but the whole atmosphere shifted. 
the, a blank, and I was so young that I couldn't even get my mind around what was happening to even to be able to articulate what I was experiencing, but a blanket of his presence came into the room. I don't know if everybody experienced it, but I did, and it wrecked me. It changed me, and so much that I remember, like, the very next day, being on our bus. I don't know where the family was, and we were, I was doing, I was reading my Bible, had to memorize a chapter so I could get five dollars or a whipping if I didn't. That was, that was our thing. So I'm memorizing my scripture, and I'm just praying on the back of the bus, and I remember what happened in church the night before, and my mom and dad had a closet back there, and I just put my hands up on the, the doors of the closet, and, and I was doing it very quiet because I was afraid someone would come on and catch me, and I was just standing there. Oh, come, let us adore him. And the wind of God came. I didn't want to move because I was afraid if I moved, it would lift. And I wanted to bask in it as long as I could. And, and then I practiced it again and again and again and again. But I didn't know how to transfer that or translate that into a, a worship service because we had our list of songs about going to heaven. <laughs> and singing it fast enough until you got the runners started, you know. Uh, and, and sing the high note on the end and get a standing ovation because she sang really high. But I remember being at this service, and it was like the deadest service I'd ever been in. I thought that, I won't. I just thought, are these people, do they even love Jesus? And uh, so it just occurred to me, more out of desperation than anything else. It was all yeah. selfish. I was just like, I just closed my eyes hit the keyboard, and started singing again. Oh, come let us adore him. And just like it had been happening for three months now, privately, the presence of God came into the room, and I opened my eyes, and the entire congregation was on their feet with their hands lifted, and I was like, this is why I'm on the planet. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I can I just yes. She's in charge. I'm afraid to release this publicly, but I really feel like you just touched on something that God's been revealing interpersonally. There's a lot that I grew up with in a different denomination that was very restrictive and very legalistic and pharisaical. And to hear this, it makes me want this for my kids like nothing else. Yeah. And I want my ceiling to be their dance floor. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I, I want my kids to be in private rooms going, can you come here? Come on, yeah. um, but even more so than that, I got to be honest, sometimes it's a crazy show. Yeah. You're still talking about hairpins flying, right? <laughs> um, and I believe what God is revealing, and I think this is for a prophetic culture, so I really want to hope that this is for the house here now, and even the ones that are curious online. A lot of things that we do publicly, we need to participate private first. Right. And I believe that that comes from a heart of a God that says, I've created you as my bride. Because if I'm a good mama, I don't have sex in front of my children. Was that too far for y'all? Sorry. Wow. Single people. Sorry. Cover your ears. Um, Married people, rejoice. No, I'm just saying, as a good mama. I might run. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm just letting it go, Hairpin now! <laughs> um, as, as a good mama, I withhold that because if they view that before it is time, like Song of Solomon says, yeah. for us to discover love and awaken to love, what they will see will either skew their intimacy yeah. or it will skew the act itself and they will be corrupt in how they try to replicate it. And I believe what we do in local churches with the prophetic sometimes skews the immature in Christ to be able to not understand it. So therefore they grow up abusing it and making us look foolish as a whole body and community. So what translates from you saying, I felt this in a private for three months before I released it public, I feel like should translate to all of us that we would be in private places saying, this is our intimate bedroom. Master bedroom it up and let's have some fun. But I promise you, I will not degrade the Holy Spirit. And I will not make him perverted in anything that he wants to do. It's good. Amen. I'm sorry, I just need to get <laughs> Can't take me anywhere, people. Okay, now what, what church do you go to? I'm actually from Dallas, and I go to the Oaks Church here in Red Oak, Texas. So, hey, yo, what's up? Hometown. I, I'll say something about that, too. I, I grew up, um, I was talking about this in my stand-ups, that grew up Church of Christ, born and raised. Yeah. So super, woo, my CFCs. Um, but really conservative and uh, grew up with acapella music, you know, yeah. all of that stuff. But I grew up loving Jesus and... Yeah. Um, I'm a musician, and um, I, I went off to school. I went to Berkeley in Boston and yeah. um, had always grown up doing acting and funny stuff and singing. Worship and comedy have always been my side-by-side passion. Yeah. And I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit in my, um, in my bedroom when I moved to Boston. And mm. my small group taught on Acts 2 that night. Yeah. And I had never seen any gifts of the Spirit or heard about them. I hadn't really learned about him. I just learned um, about yeah. Jesus. And so I saw that firsthand without knowing some groups believe in this, some groups don't believe in this. I just saw God come. Yeah. And that's whenever I got filled with the Spirit and got the gift of tongues. And, wow. and then during my Boston days, it was like I was at one of the most liberal schools in the U.S., yeah. but I, I grew so close to God and just chased everywhere trying to find wherever he was and led worship teams all over. And um, it was just so incredible and, and also so hard because, you know, trying to tell other people um, it's hard. There should just not be a separation yeah. in the church yeah. because this is for everybody. Yeah. And people are crazy everywhere, you know? Right. Like there's crazy people doing crazy stuff in really conservative churches and in charismatic churches. But as Christians and followers of Christ, we have such a responsibility to look to the word because he is the word. He's the word. Mm -hmm. And if he is the word and he says, I have these things for you. And one of the reasons why I had to go was because I had to send the Holy Spirit. that you could evangelize the world. I mean, that's what was happening in the early church, 
right? He activated them so that they could go and evangelize to all the unbelievers through the word and through the gifts of the spirit because the prophetic is the testimony of Jesus, that he's alive and well. And so I love, I love this symposium. I love that from all different walks of life and denominations that, um, and I love what Sean's doing with this, is tearing down the denominational walls because yeah. it's the yeah. word and the yeah. word is for everyone. Yeah. He died for everyone so that everyone could have the fullness of Christ Jesus. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, well, our, our, yeah. our church, I, I want you to know that it, it, although it was kind of free and the craziness, really that was learned behavior. But we were still, I mean, it's like everything was a sin. I never, I never went to a movie until I was 18 years old. And I had to be careful, like, God, are you going to come while I'm in this? It, it, because that's what's in, that's drilled into your mind. And, and oh, the discovery of freedom in his yeah. presence. Yeah. Yes. You know, you said there are a lot of crazy people everywhere. But I'm just going to be honest. I don't have a problem being undignified as long as... It's also an authentic yes. moment with the Holy Spirit. Yes. yes. Because here's the deal. I feel like more often than not, we have crazies and undignified with an agenda of being seen. Right. Instead right. of allowing the Holy Spirit to have glory yeah. revealed and released. Yeah. And so I know that there's crazy everywhere. We got crazy in pulpits. We got crazy in, in local offices. We've got crazy at Walmart. And we're running out of time. 12 seconds, we got 11, 11 seconds. But I'm just saying, if you can hold to your heart near and dear what it means to be authentic and honest before That's the it. Lord. That's it. Yeah. So good. So good. Oh, we are two seconds in. Okay. Give me, give me uh, two minutes each. Okay. Nicole and David, um, where do you see in your industry and also just within worship and worship leading, where do you feel like God's going with all this? Because there's just been... There's so much freedom right now and so much progression. And what's your dream and vision? Yeah. I, uh, you know, there's, to, to see what God is doing, there, there's, there's a stream of where God is moving. Uh, every move of God is preceded with the sound that's released, whether it's in joy, in, in the, an anointing of joy, or in worship. God al- always releases the sound. He did it. And all, I mean, any, any kind of movement, whether it's Christian or secular, there is always a sound that carries it. I mean, this is what happened with yeah. the Beatles. They, they brought a movement. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I believe a movement is coming to the church. And they're, they're only, the, only the authentic worshipers will be able to shift the atmosphere and yes. bring transformation. Yeah. The rest Amen. of it's just noise. Yep. And we, we are, are mentoring a generation. We feel like God yes. has called us to the young and the old, uh, every color, every age, and yep. build yeah. bridge to every generation, but particularly to the younger generation, creating with our ceiling a floor for them to yeah. just go for it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And then Candace, where are you right now, and, and what is your dream and vision, and how do you see God using social media and comedy and all the things that are happening? Because there's just so much happening right now. You know, we are in an information technology uh, age, and we've seen it advance even from when I was a child. I remember when the internet came out as a 16-year-old kid in the library at my public high school. 
And I remember trying to dial in on somewhere and go yeah, visit, white right? Noise. Yeah, that. <laughs> Anyways, um, what we have seen in the past 20 to 30 years has been phenomenal. But I believe God wouldn't just give us communication through what he's doing in technology. I believe it has to lead to a greater purpose. And prophetically, I am hoping and praying for and looking on the wall for social media not to just buzz our social contact but to give us where it shouldn't belong and it shouldn't even seem possible, answers to be able to cure diseases that need answers, that we would not only see depression and anxiety attacked in the mind, but we would see Alzheimer's cured, that we would find cancer cures for them. And because the word is now releasable so fast, we would now find healing to come up behind it in the generation. My children, I want them to be a part of scientific revolution that follows technology revolution. Because I don't believe God opened the door for us to just communicate and laugh without providing healing and hope on the other side of it. And so I'm praying for his people that are online to stop bickering and remember that they are the same person that they are online and offline. And they need to represent themselves that way every single time they post something. And I also want them to read their Bible. And for anybody streaming right now, let me just say this. Oh, wow, I'm going to hurt somebody, but it's okay. If you're starting a feud online or if you're one of the negative comments, the Christians should be the most encouraging, loving, loyal, faithful, happy people we know. By and large, that is not the opinion of us. And I would dare say this, when it was told of us in the New Testament, bless those who persecute you. We need to do that online just as importantly as we do offline. Amen. Amen. You guys, let's give them a hand. David and Nicole Binion and Candace Payne. Hey, Exploring the Prophetic Family. This is Sean Bowles. And I don't know if you know this, but Bowles Ministries, our ministry, puts together these podcasts for you every week. If you're listening in your car or your gym or at home while you're making your kids lunch for school, wherever you're listening to this, We have done our best to put together a quality podcast to explore the subject of hearing God's voice with you. And we want to continue to do this and we need your partnership. I want to encourage you, if you're loving the show, if you're connected to the show, there's three ways you can partner. Number one is we would love your prayer support. Pray for us. This is not an easy thing to do week after week after week. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of coordination. And it also takes a lot of spiritual presence, just being present with what God's doing. Number two, financially support us. We would love your financial support and partnership. We have an incredible partnership program where you can engage with a community of people who are partnering with Bulls Ministries to send the message of hearing God's voice around the world. We do events. We do, of course, this podcast. We do all kinds of things that are free things where we give videos online. We do uh, webinars. We do all kinds of things to encourage people to hear God's voice and to activate their gifts, to activate them in the faith it takes to go on this incredible journey. So financially support us by going to bowlsministries.com. And the third way you can help us is to subscribe and also leave a review under the podcast and share it with your friends, share it on your social media platform. Tell your friends about it at work, tell your friends about it at church. And the more you help us, the word of mouth is the most powerful source of engaging the community of people who are hungry for this kind of a subject. So be part of our, our ministry team, our prayer ministry team, our partnership team, but also be a voice for what you're listening to. If you love it, tell the stories of the people who are telling the stories to you. 